This is the official Titans podcast, better known by the kids as the OTP. We're glad to have you with us on Monday, July the 30th, five days of training camp in the books. And Amy Wells has been here for all five. I appreciate you acknowledging the youths that listen to this That's program. That's right. <laughs> Jim Wyatt, the great one, is back again for another program. He, of course, never, ever misses a practice. <laughs> I don't when think was the it, last yeah. time you missed a practice? When the That's elder President Bush was little, uh, was president, while. yeah, but we're always uh, we're all all at practice, uh, you know, watching even during the course of the season. This was the best practice of training camp so far for two reasons. Um, I don't even say arguably; I say it's the best practice so far because they did the open field field drill, which is fun because it's a ball carrier and it's a tackler. Now, normally they don't tackle. They just compete at a proper angle, which would have given them the chance to make a tackle. But Coach Vrabel went live with some of the rookies, and there was a little uh, there was a little action. Last one, Rico Gafford makes a big stop that uh, that kind of wrapped up that uh, that session, which is a more the most entertaining, I agree, uh, drill in practice. Now after that, we went to more of a live scrimmage where there wasn't tackling but it was game-like situations and that that was fun to watch i mean we kind of know we talked in the hallway coming back up here afterward practice kind of flies by when you have a practice like that the rico gafford play you actually have on your twitter right i do i was able to shoot every uh every one of those one-on-ones and then it ends with the gafford hit uh, so it, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. You get to see every one of them that took place during that period. And uh, some guys, some plays, the offensive guy won. Some plays, the, the defender was in a good position. How do people follow you on Twitter? At Jay Wyatt Sports on Twitter and at Jay Wyatt Sports on Instagram. What did you find interesting today at practice, Amy Wells? I love when they're unscripted practices. I just love them. I think that you get to see what this team's actually made of. You get to see how far they are in the process. And you guys are both right. It flew by. I felt like every time I looked up, I was like, oh, gosh, we're almost done. Let's give a quick explanation of unscripted. So you have various periods of practice. And they're generally how many? Seven, eight periods normally? Yep, yeah, that's about right. And they run anywhere from eight minutes to 15 minutes according to what they want to get done. And they generally go over a variety of things. When it's offense against defense, they may be working on third downs. They may be working on short yardage. They could be you know, working on a variety of things. And then obviously there are special teams periods, all, all different sorts of things. Today, after the first three or four periods, they just went completely open for an hour. And it was the offense against the defense, the ones against the ones, the twos against the twos, and I guess some of the threes against the threes with no script. They called plays, they called defenses, and it was, in essence, an hour-long scrimmage. The offense got off to a very good start, took the ball right down the field on the first drive. Mariota had a great bootleg, was going to try to make the corner, and then, unfortunately for Marcus, dropped the ball. 
Yeah, and then really, you know, be completely honest, Hoffman's really didn't have a spark after that. Certainly made some plays. Taewon Taylor made a great play downfield late. Marcus threw a great pass. It was a play across the middle to Delaney Walker where the ball was thrown well. you got to give credit to Jayon Brown for breaking it up. So there were moments from the offense, but I thought the defense won the day. I mean, I thought they had good pressure. I thought there were situations where there were covered sacks where the secondary did a good job, and I think they stepped up and made some big hits. We, hits. we saw a lot of Brett Kern. We saw some Ryan Suckup coming in to close out drives. You didn't see touchdowns like you want to see. Again, offense is backed up at the start of a lot of these drives, but they just could not sustain a drive all the way down the field and you're right it kind of started with the Mariota fumble give me a couple of guys who jumped out to you Amy I noticed um, Wesley Woodyard a lot today he seemed very fired up he was excited I noticed Tajay Sharp a couple of times he had some good things going uh, Jay on Brown I noticed a lot I watched a lot of Harold Landry today he seemed like he was fitting in really well and he had some reps with the ones so that was good to see Uh, Those are my biggest ones. As promised, uh, Julius Wormsley got reps with the ones, the backup defensive lineman getting a chance to play. The other guy who got a chance to play with the ones, as promised, was Anthony Ferkser, the uh, tight end who's trying to make this club after uh, coming into the league uh, last year as an undrafted. And that's because, uh, you know, obviously Philip Supernaugh, Luke Stocker, Johnu Smith all held out at today's practice. Supernall remains on PUP, so a guy like Ferkser plays, and he made a couple of catches himself. My, my standouts, you know, I mentioned the, uh, the Taewon Taylor catch, uh, and I thought Derrick Henry made some nice runs, but I agree with Amy. I thought Jalen Brown was good. I thought Aaron Wallace had a good day. Uh, I noticed Derek Morgan getting after the quarterback. Uh, Kevin Byard picked up that fumble we were talking about from Marcus Mariota and went the other way. And I thought the defense, uh, you know, kind of set the tone throughout. Byard also had a sack. Yes. Coming from his safety position. And so there were some good things, and Mariota had some good throws. The, the moment for him where he dropped the ball, he'll never do that again. He will never, ever do that again. You, you would, that's one of those things you're so glad it happened in practice because he's going to make sure he tucks that ball every single time he was carrying it out away from. Yeah, that's, you hope that's the case. And I think that what, that's the way Marcus is. He's real conscious of that, and I'm sure he's beating himself up over that. I think you know, you've got a better memory than I do. I think it was a similar play. He lost a ball in San Diego uh, on a fumble. Am I right about that? Uh, uh, that ended up being picked up and taken the other way a couple of years ago. Uh, he did. Uh, I remember uh, the game. And, and that's when he had fumbling issues. And But he did a good job moving forward correcting that problem. It's funny, early in his career, it wasn't the interceptions that were an issue with him. It was fumbling. And he did some things to kind of make sure that wouldn't happen. If I'm not mistaken, only two fumbles all of last year. So uh, I think that kind of hammers at home in his mind to protect the football. Taewon Taylor mentioned a great catch by him. There was a play in the middle of the field where he caught a pass and I think he just lost it. You know, Adore Jackson was close to him. I thought for a second that maybe Adore got his hand in there, but I talked to somebody else that they think he just lost possession of it. So those are the things, you know, you, you want to clean up. They happen during the course of a long practice and uh, and it's a teaching point for Mike Vrabel and the staff. This is going to come as a big shock. Delaney Walker is going to be good in this offense. Huh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> He's very active. You know, he doesn't mind, you know, 
sacrificing his body to make a catch. He did that early in practice. Uh, you know, he still you know, he loves to play the game. You know, he's talked about you know feeling like a kid, even though he's closed in on birthday number thirty-four. Uh, you know, he he looks good to me, and he got a lot of work. We mentioned Furcher, but with all those tight ends out, that's more on the field for Delaney Walker too. I was very impressed with how they used him, particularly in third down situations. It's as if they said, you know, he's kind of our best player. We let's throw him the ball, <laughs> and nobody matches up with him. I, I don't care. I mean, as well as Jayon Brown's playing, or or anybody else at the linebacker, the safety spot, and no offense to any of them. It, it's impossible to match up with him. No, he's fast. He's athletic. He's good at what he's doing, and he's a monster. Well, he's savvy. He's a brick house. He, he is. He's a big guy, but it, it's as if he's he's like a basketball player who knows how to get himself open on the block, so you can get him the ball. He he his spacing is excellent. I mean, everything he does is textbook. It's like he's watching it in slow motion, right. which I guess comes with years and years and years and years of experience. 13. But the game doesn't look like it's as fast to Delaney Walker. That's true. Something else stood out to me, Michael Campanero, and there's a long way to go, obviously, before this team settled is, settles in on its returners. But Campanero was out there first uh, on punt returns. Dory Jackson out there second. You know, both of them, they kind of all alternated back and forth. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, that's one of the ones I'm curious about as the season approaches, how's that one going to shake out? Dory played in the second most snaps of anybody in the league last year. Team's very aware of that. They don't want to overwork him, don't want to have him worn out at the end of the season. Maybe a way that you reduce some of his the wear and tear on him is by not having him in the return game. But you do that and you take away a guy who is obviously a playmaker for you. Campanero fourth in the NFL last year in punt returns, averaged slightly, slightly more than 11 yards per return, also ran back a punt for a touchdown. So – uh, better statistically than a Dory Jackson who averaged eight and a half yards per punt return. Wow. Everyone's still raving about Malcolm Butler, too. Every- Jim Wyatt specifically. Jim Wyatt loves Malcolm Butler. <laughs> I do. Do you? And part of the reason is he reminds me of Steve McNair. I mean, from the very first day he arrived and he was – uh, you started saying most definitely, which we all remember. That that's what Steve McNair used to say when he answered a question in a way that he agreed with. Yeah, and that's Malcolm Butler, and he has great lines. You know, he talked yesterday about making an interception instead of you know play a day, keep the coach away. Uh, you know, that was he, pretty good. Yeah, that was good. and he's got. I mean, he's got a funny line after uh, you know in each of his media sessions. He's. Uh, Playing with the chip on the shoulder doesn't deny the fact what happened last year in the Super Bowl uh, still lights a fire in him before you know every practice, and um, it's fun to watch him. I don't I don't think he had a pick today, which which probably ended a streak of uh, at least I didn't see if he had one. Uh, ended a streak of uh, of practices where he was making a play right out of the gate, but still I thought he was uh, very solid. Several safeties had plays today. We mentioned Byard with a fumble recovery and a sack. Jonathan Cyprian was active in particular in the run game. Kendrick Lewis had a couple of good plays. The eighth-year safety out of Ole Miss making some things happen. And your guy, Dane Crookshank. Showing up. Continuing to show up, playing better in the secondary than I think maybe some thought. Yeah, I, I feel like he kind of snuck in there and surprised people. Silent but deadly, which is okay. Yeah. 
Nicely hey, done. Hey, and I agree with Lewis. I mean, he stepped up and made a, a big hit on Flewellen in the run game at one point, and then there was another play where he was kind of on an island uh, when they threw a screen to Deion Lewis. I thought Deion Lewis was going the distance, and and Kendrick Lewis was blocked up, and he managed to get, a, get off of his player and get Lewis out of bounds to stop. It was a big gain, but it could have been – it would have been – uh, a touchdown if he doesn't find a way to break free. Is this the year the Titans finally improve in the screen game? I think uh, I think so. I mean, I think got the weapons to do it, and uh, and as long as you can sell it, you know. Sometimes you know the play that play there in particular is one that Marcus sold it going the other way, and he threw it back to Lewis. I think definitely uh, potentials there for that to happen. They should be good at it because they have backs to do it, and they have linemen who can run. More athletic, you know, lineman, and and that's was by design in this new offense. I mean, we haven't seen Jack Conklin yet, but he's already said that he's down ten pounds, going from three twenty to three ten, where he could be a better fit in the offense. And what's going to be asking him, and that part of that is to be in the open field and be able to block something that a guy like Taylor Lewan can do well, and something that these other linemen have proven they can do. All right, so help me with something. Jack Conklin is on PUP. He has not done anything yet. How has Dennis Kelly played at right tackle? I think he's been okay. I think he's been consistent. And, uh, I mean, they're doing so much rotation on the offensive line that you blink and there's a whole new set of people up there. But every time I've watched, I've never been like, oh, God, Dennis Kelly. You know? And, right. and that's what you want when you're sure. watching offensive linemen. You just don't want to think their name. That's a good point. And that's John Robinson is best. I mean, that, he made that trade a couple of years ago, trading DGB, and a lot of people question that. And not only is Kelly coming here and, and played, but he's gives this team – Insurance for Jack Conklin, insurance for Taylor Lewan. Uh, you know, he's a veteran who's played well. He's one of those type of guys that the t- coaching staff loves, and uh, I think he has been. Uh, I think he's been good. What do we think of Marcus Mariota's first five days of training camp? I think they've been okay. I think he's still adjusting to a new system and a new style of playing and obviously he's throwing to a lot of people that he's not familiar with right now mostly because there's a ton of young kids out there right now but it looks like he's progressing it looks like he's picking it up and especially some of the times where he gets to run free and kind of make his own decisions he looks like the Marcus that we all know you know kind of what we saw towards the end of last season in the playoffs a little bit the guy making the quick decisions and making the athletic plays when he needs to do you differ uh, you know, it's, it hasn't been a camp like we saw a couple of years ago. I remember keeping track of what uh, 150, 170, 190, 210 throws in training camp without an interception. I remember that streak. That would have been it. Was that his rookie year when that his happened? Yeah. Fifteen. So uh, I remember that streak that went all the way, and it was a story when he threw an interception after three weeks into practice. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been one of those types of camp out of the gate. Uh, he has thrown some interceptions. He, he, he lost the handle, handle on a football today. Um, but he, I think he's getting better each time out. I mean, I, the Marcus Mariota I see now compared to the one I saw early in the offseason has improved greatly. I think he's done a good job of uh, knowing when the journey's over. He's not forcing balls. Uh, he's tucking it and running it. He looks faster. He's not wearing that knee brace. I think he looks more elusive. And you got you can't forget the fact that his 
one of his top receivers, Rashard Matthews, is not out there, and he's throwing to Corey Davis, who's played half of a season. He's played. He's throwing to Tajay Sharp, who hasn't thrown to in a couple of years. Taewon Taylor's just in his second year. Michael Campanero's new with this team. You know, Jordan Vesey. You know, uh, a lot of these guys are going through it for the first time with him. So you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt in that, and then also the fact that it's a brand new offense where he's been at being asked to do some different things. So has it been perfect? No, but uh, I think I see him getting better each time out. I was thinking about that streak a couple days ago and how different this feels. We have to remember, A, that was the first NFL offensive scheme that Marcus ever had in his brain. Number two, the defense that he was going up against at that time is not the defense that we're seeing out well, on this field right point. now. That's a so, great That was not a great defense. Yeah, it was not a great defense. It wasn't the secondary that we have right now. It wasn't the group of linebackers that we have right now. They were dealing with their own stuff. They were trying to figure themselves out over there. So, yeah, Marcus was able to get through with a streak that made him look awesome, but look at what the football season turned out like. Well, there's nothing wrong with checking it down and taking safe throws, and there are check downs and safe throws in this offense. But this Marcus Mariota tries to make things happen, too. Yeah. He, he's trying – I mean, we, we've seen more big plays. We've seen, you know, deep shots and things happen overall that uh, he's not the same guy. And I think if you're not willing to do that, you know, it's the high-risk, high-reward type of situation. He's not playing as safe as he right. used to before. But look at some of the things that we've seen him do in games – you got to work some of that stuff out on the field, and what better time to do it than during training camp? I think you're dead on. That's a good point. Young receivers, we've gone through them day by day. Darius Jennings getting a lot of work in special teams, which gives you a hint that they do like him as much as they say. Take me through some of the other youngsters and how you thought they performed in today's practice, particularly during the unscripted stage. Yeah, I think Deontay Burnett continues to show up and and make some plays. Uh, I I didn't see him as much or didn't write his name down as much during some of the OTAs, but now it seems like I'm recognizing plays that he's making downfield. Uh, You know, VC is not flashed as much as he did did during the course of the offseason. I think Burnett has replaced him in that regard, but I still like the looks of him and think he's going to perform well when he gets a chance. You mentioned Jennings. I mean, he's another player who continues to perform well. I thought Taewon, again, had a good day today. Tajay had a good day today. Uh, I'll I'll be curious to who the stars are of uh, Wednesday. Mike, you're the one with the bios over there. Do you have one for Jordan Vesey? I, I have one on Jordan Vesey. This is a pretty interesting story. Okay, so Jordan Vesey played at Cal. Yes. Which obviously is in California. Sure is. Yes, it, it, tru- yeah, it, it is. truly is. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank- That's a good bio so some far. Good, some good reporting. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Northern California, to be exact. He's actually from Gadsden, Alabama. Really? He's from Titans huh. Country. So his story is he was primarily a baseball player at Gadsden City High School. His focus turned to football as a senior. He went largely unnoticed due to a late growth spurt. He grew six inches between his junior and senior year, and he ran 4.93 in the 40. Huh. Which will happen to you if you grow a bunch all at once. You're a little... Like a baby giraffe. A little bit, yes. A little bit, that's fair. So he went to Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama. He was there for one year, played sparingly as a freshman, transferred to Etiwamba Community College in Mississippi, 
but couldn't play in 2014 because some classes from Faulkner had not transferred. So he's got a mess there. He goes to Auburn University Montgomery to get his credits at Etiwamba. But he goes back to Etiwamba, and they cut him. But the staff at Etiwamba calls the staff at Golden West College, which is obviously... California. Thank you. Okay. In 2015, he caught 63 passes for 1,026 yards, 11 touchdowns. He had 1,800 all-purpose yards. So all of a sudden, this guy who had run 4.93 and gotten cut at Etiwamba and didn't play at Faulkner is being recruited very late as a major recruit, and he goes to Cal. 15 total offers. He chooses Cal. He played in 24 games for the Bears, starting 13. In two years, he caught 63 passes for 797 yards, but he did have nine touchdowns. He was not invited to the combine. He ran 4-5-3 at his March 20th pro day. And, of course, the Titans signed him as an undrafted free agent on May the 11th. So we've got a classic late bloomer situation here. That's a story. Never give up on your dreams, kids. Maybe you too will grow there six are a lot of There are a lot of Titans fans in Gadsden, Alabama. In that part of Alabama, we have a strong fan base, and now one of their own is, is here. Although when you see Jordan Vesey, 6'3", 221, rookie from Cal, you would never think that he would. I, I don't think of somebody being at Cal – as someone from Gadsden, Alabama. That doesn't happen a lot. No, that doesn't seem like it at all. But great fan base there, and I'm a fan of him. I like him. I've watched him practice. I like the way he plays. Jim White's a fan, I too. I love the way he's built. Uh, he's big. He is big. I had to late growth spurt myself, but didn't ever develop as an athlete like uh, you Jordan BC did. No, I, I grew about six, seven inches my senior year in high school. Did you really? I was 5'4 when I started my senior year in high school. You are not 5'4 uh, now. Are no. you serious? Yeah, so I grew from the time during my senior year and even, even my freshman year in college, I put on a couple more inches, but uh, never, uh, certainly didn't bulk up and couldn't catch the ball like Jordan BC. You were 5'4? Yep, as I started my senior year. What's your 40 time now? Did you uh, figure out how about, to work your legs? Probably about six, uh, six four, maybe. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. I yeah. can't picture you as a little guy. You, I need to show you my senior picture uh, at some point. Yes. Uh, I look like a baby. I think you do. I think that needs to happen. Well, how about that? Yeah. It's too bad this is not a video edition of the OG. <laughs> then we could show people just how tall Jim Wyatt then we really could, is. We could do that very thing. All right, let's talk about who was out today. So there was no Jonu Smith, no Luke Stocker, but Corey Davis was back, which was good. And, and these are planned rest days uh, overall. Richard Matthews remains on PUP. Jack Conklin remains on PUP. Philip Supernaw, tight end, remains on PUP at this point. Who else am I leaving out who is not practicing? You, uh, Brian Arakpo. You didn't mention Arakpo. him. Arakpo, Rashawn Evans uh, held yes. out again today. Kind of Flagle, I think, was back uh, in action uh, as far as the most know. But let me think. It was somebody else that missed uh, as well. You hit the headliners. I think you know a lot of attention went to uh, Nick, Nico Fala, the center uh, from USC, also uh, missed practice today. Five guys from USC on this roster now. And Claude Pilon. Which uh, USC is where, Mike? There. Where's USC? It's in Southern California. It's the university. Just ask, making sure you know. 
And a, and a lot of attention, I'll say this, went to, you mentioned uh, Richard Matthews, and uh, uh, some attention went to him being on PUP today because it had not previously been reported or known. He shows up on the updated uh, roster that that's handed out each day to media, and, and he's listed on there. So a lot of people thought that was a new addition, and it's not, in fact, new. He came in later than Jack, Con- you know, he came in a little bit later, so he wasn't listed on the initial roster that Jack Conklin and Philip Super appeared on, but he's been on PUP uh, since the end of last week. Should we explain PUP here on the OTP? I think so. PUP I think it's on good. the OTP? Yes. Yeah, I PUP and at this time of year. And what does it stand for? The physically unable to perform list. And, okay. you, and the guys that are eligible for that are guys who have not practiced throughout the course of the offseason. It doesn't mean that you're going to have to start the season on PUP or that you're not going to be ready for the for the start. It means that uh, it, it, gives, it gives the team some extra time uh, while maintaining a 90-man roster, and those guys can be called up at any time uh, to the roster whenever they think they're ready. I saw Richard on the field today right. for the first time doing a little work, just like we've seen Jack Conklin do some on a side field. They do count against the 90, but if you've practiced, you're not eligible for PUP. So if you get dinged, you can't be put on PUP. And by staying there, you're eligible to start the season on the PUP list if you're not ready to go which means if that's the case, you would have to sit out the first six – is it six weeks or six games? I think it's, yeah, I think it's six weeks. And, and I don't know that uh, there's concern on any of those guys yet uh, that that's where they're going to have to end up. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I've been asked that a lot about Conklin and, and now about Matthews. But I, mean, I still think the plan is just kind of let them keep progressing in rehab, and then at some point they're going to be called up here in the offseason. But the point was made to me is why would you not put someone on PUP and give yourself that option knowing that you only have two spots available to designate somebody to injured reserve with the ability to return? Yeah, it seems it's, as though that would be worst-case scenario, guys not getting the work that you hope right. he will, but he's getting the rest, he's getting the treatment, right. and he's still on your team. Well, and, and this just gives you another option, right? which is a good thing, because if he does start the regular season on PUP, he does not count against the 53. So then you could bring him back, you know, six weeks. And you'd have to make a roster move to get him on. You have there. a three at that point. You have three weeks for him to practice before you either have to move him to injured reserve or activate him. So if someone were, and this is a clarification question, sure. if someone were to get injured who has practiced within these first four practices, they then would have to be put on injured reserve. Theoretically, if okay. they were not ready to start the season and you wanted them to be able to return, they would be one of your two designated to designated return. to return injured reserve. Yes. Okay. And you wouldn't have to do it immediately either. Nope. Like if somebody gets hurt out here to you know knock on wood in the next you know day or so, uh, you don't have to immediately make a move. You can wait, and that that would kind of answer your question as to how many who you elect to put on there. I mean, because you, you do have to be somewhat careful about who you put on injured reserve because of the limitations there. Day off tomorrow. Woohoo! Yeah. So I think it's a good time for for players too because I think uh, you know gives them a time to kind of catch their breath a little bit. We talked about the intensity in today's practice, just how uh, action packed it was. I think that was by design because you know Coach Vrabel obviously knows he had to get one more good day out of him before the day off. Uh, James Shaw scheduled to speak with the team who was who who was the hero from the Waffle House. 
shooting here just outside Nashville this offseason. Uh, we'll speak at a team meeting. I know we met with Coach Rabel this afternoon. And then guys tomorrow can can rest. They can maybe watch some film. They can come in and get some treatment on injuries, kind of catch their breath a little bit before uh, Wednesday and Thursday practice out here. And then Friday night at Centennial High School and then Saturday at Nissan Stadium. They're wearing the looking ahead to game week against the Packers uh, next Thursday. And talk, if you would, about who was on the field today after practice. Interested to to know about that and to hear. I think I think uh, the people who listen to the OTP would be interested to hear this story. Very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Six wounded veterans from the U.S. and the U.K. who are making their way across the country on a 1,000-mile walk that ends up in New York City at Ground Zero uh, as part of a Walking with the Wounded Walk of America uh, tour. They were here, met with players, met with Coach Vrabel. Uh, those guys were excited to be here, and, and I thought it was cool how the players you know, spent time with them afterward, thanking them for their service, thanking them for coming. And then those guys were, were big fans of, of the Titans and Derrick Henry and all these players that they were interacting with. It was very cool to see. They seemed very excited. And our players love it when things like that happen and people come out to practice and they get to show their respect and their gratitude a little bit. Good stuff. Good stuff overall. So any big plans for the day off? Work? I plan on, yeah, doing a little bit of work and a little bit of napping. <laughs> Coach Vrabel made a point today that I am riding all the way through the off day that when you are designated days of rest, you should be resting. It's like the Lord's Day. Rest. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Jim? Will you be writing? I got to catch up. I've got so many, so much transcribing to do because I've, you know, talked to so many people here through the first, uh, you know, wave of training camp, and uh, I've got to sort through some of that stuff. You know, I've got some interviews that I've done, stories that I hadn't written. I at least need to start uh, figuring out what to keep and what to to let go uh, through this process. So tomorrow will be a, a catch-up day. Try to bang some stuff out to get ready for Wednesday. What about you, Mike Keith? Headed to Clarksville to the Rotary. Going to go see our Titans radio partners in Katy's, Kentucky, and Owensboro, Kentucky. And then going to Evansville, Indiana. Their quarterback club does their kickoff dinner at the University of Evansville, oh. the Purple Aces. Well, and, that sounds uh, fun. Going to be there for that tomorrow night. So I'm the only one acknowledging the rest day? Well, that's rest. I mean, that's just, you know, a little, little travel, but uh, good to get out and see, see folks as we get ready. It's hard to believe, and you touched on it, Jim. I mean, we're playing football again in 10 days. We're getting on a plane for Green Bay in nine days. Wow. And that's when it starts flying by. When you have games at the end of each week, uh, it makes a week go, weeks go by faster. You've got some off days there, obviously, before the games with the travel day on, on the road games. And, uh, and then you've got Mike Vrabel, you know, day after press conferences to recap what he's seen. So uh, once the games start and uh, we really start realizing that the regular season is not that far away. Hard to believe. Good stuff. Jeff Harding, thank you. The great Jim Wyatt, TitansOnline.com. Read his stories. Follow him on Twitter, Jay Wyatt Sports. Did I get that right? That's right. Amy Wells, follow her on Twitter, at TitansAmy, A-M-I-E. TitansAmy, A-M-I-E. That's me. You may follow. And, and certainly, if you're not already a subscriber to the, to the podcast, if you're just like, 
tuning in for the first time. Could somebody be tuning in and not be a subscriber? Absolutely, they can, which is fine. We appreciate no, you. No, not really. You but need to subscribe. <laughs> it makes your life easier. Don't do it for us. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. It downloads right to your phone. It makes your life so much easier How do if you, you do just that? subscribe. You click on the button that says subscribe. That's all you do. It's uh, a at one- titansonline.com? Uh, on iTunes. On iTunes. Yep. It's a one-finger touch on the subscribe button. Wow. That Boop. sounds pretty easy. Done. Well, it sure is. And it makes your life so much easier. You don't have to go hunting for these. They just pop up right on your phone. And we're going to be doing this through training camp, doing daily updates. We sure are. Keeping you posted on what's going on with your Tennessee Titans. So for Jim White, Amy Wells, and Jeff Harding, Mike Keith says thanks for listening to the OTP.